Welcome to the Self Starter Show. I'm your host, Steve Clare, and on this show, you're gonna be hearing from entrepreneurs. You're gonna hear about their wins that got them where they are, their losses, and everything in between, as well as the advice that they have that helped them along the way. Along with bonus solo episodes of my personal secrets of life, success, and empathy sprinkled in for you, the listener, like chapters of a great book, each episode will provide you with a bit of a cheat code to success and happiness. So we are here, Steve Clare and Elizabeth Sutton. Nice to uh, meet you for those who don't know me. Yes, ready to rock for the Self Starters podcast. I am extremely excited to have Elizabeth Sutton on the show. Elizabeth is an artist who curates a lot of special products. And we're gonna get into the the mind behind everything we're looking at right here. And for those who are listening and not looking, uh, we have a lot of vibrant, unique, different products by Elizabeth Sutton that we're gonna talk about. Uh, without further ado, Elizabeth Sutton. Hey guys, nice to meet you. Thank you for having me. Uh, should I just tell you about myself? You have specific things you want to know? Yeah, we'll dive right into it. Um, tell me, first elevator pitch, who are you and what are you doing right now? Um, who am I? Um, I am a mother of two, a single mother of two. I'm a born and raised sixth generation New Yorker and I am a self-taught artist, designer and entrepreneur. I call myself um, an Upper East Side housewife gone rogue. And now I currently refer to myself as like a clown for the arts, like clowns provide entertainment. I provide entertainment for the arts. I design all sorts of products. So first and foremost, I'm a fine artist and painter. I paint original paintings that range from five to $35,000, some of which take me 400 hours. Um, yes, correct, I have a team who helps me. And I started getting into manufacturing, distribution, licensing. I currently design um, best-selling award-winning tile. I just launched my fifth collection in Las Vegas last week. I am launching a tabletop collection. It debuted at Bloomingdale's and my pop-up, which is my dream collection in life. I have a fashion accessories collection. I'm about to launch a licensing deal with Sprayground where I have backpacks and duffels. I design little girls fashion accessories for Barry Lynn accessories. Um, I do one-offs like jewelry for shits and giggles. This is wild. I commented on one of your posts this morning that you must have a stunt double, a body double, because the amount of work that you put in is not, that's like, that's like a Beyonce schedule. Like a not, you, you don't live a 24 hour day. You live a 28, 30 hour day. Yes, and, and eight days a week. Um, I do have a Beyonce schedule, but I don't have a Beyonce bank account yet, so that's what I'm going for. We're getting there. <laughs> it we're, takes we're getting some there. time. And to have a partnership with partnership with Bloomingdale's, that's impressive, right? For me, that came right? out of nowhere. And actually, like if I, you know, when I started my career, I had a dream and I had a vision, which was I was leaving my marriage. I had been through a lot of loss in a short amount of time. Bunch of people in my life had died. People got sick. We lost all our money. I had what a miscarriage. What year was this? So between two, the end of 2014 and 2017, one of my best friends was hit by a bus. She was killed the day after sitting on my couch. Um, we lost all our money. My father-in-law got sick, like very sick. I My marriage was on the rocks. I had a miscarriage. I found that I was pregnant a month later the night I asked for a divorce. My father-in-law died 10 weeks into that. 
Then I got a divorce with a three-week-old and a two-year-old. And then six months later, my assistant slash best friend died in my car leaving my birthday party all within like a two and a half year period. But it created a really beautiful career and it took out a skill and a talent I didn't know existed. So yeah, <laughs> but a bunch. How often story. do you tell your story and people aren't speechless? I think like I, like, I don't even know, like, is it a mazel tov on your success? My condolences for your for your loss. Like, how do you combine? How does someone combine that? It's a mazel tov on the success because I think that, you know, your challenges are, you know, the things that come e easy in life, my beauty, things like that. Like I, I didn't earn deserve those. Those came from God and those can get taken away very fast and they don't last forever. The things that you earn, that you build, the challenges that you go through, those are the times that you are actually provided with opportunity to grow. When things are easy, you don't grow. I was really unhappy in my life at that time, even without all that loss. And I I didn't have anything pushing me to, to get my happiness back. So all that loss made me reflect and it also made me learn like, the most important lessons that you can learn in life. Most people who don't learn those lessons until they're much older. So I feel as though I live my life from a young age with much more perspective than most at that age. And it's uh, why I chase life so quickly because I feel like I could die at any moment and I just want to die having achieved what I want to achieve. Now, leading up to that point in your life, which, what was it, like a three month span where the bottom just fell out and like nothing was going on, Every, like everything just collapsed. What was the year leading up to that like? Well, I was pregnant. Um, how, uh, I, how, if you don't mind talking about it, how, uh, how far along were you when you had the miscarriage? My, uh, 12 weeks, I had a DNC. It was very challenging. At that time, it was the single worst, like momentary loss of my life. I have a lot of childhood trauma, abandonment by my father, blah, blah, blah. But like moment in the moment, just one moment, it was like the worst loss. But like a month later, I got pregnant again. And so it healed that quickly, but I didn't want to get pregnant. It's, it was very complicated, but you know, it's funny, my past life, I was friendly with your boss, Ryan and Amelia. And it's actually one of the ways my career got started. They had thrown like a Vacheron Constantine event on my terrace, on my 1600 square foot terrace in my beautiful. This is in your past life. In my past life. I think I told you this on the phone when yeah. we met, but Ryan had thrown an event at my apartment. I had made art for shits and giggles just for myself. I painted for the first time when we lost our money and I had a vision for my son's nursery and I couldn't afford the art I wanted anymore. What was this? What was the first painting I, you made? I made three small geometric abstractions that I put in my son's nursery. I put it on Instagram and someone sent me a DM saying, I love your art. Can you make me something? And I said, a little bit of time, a little bit of money. Why not? And then a few... I'd say like six months later, Ryan called me. I was on the way to Costa Rica for my son's first birthday with my family. He said, Liz, I have a luxury development I need to stage. Um, the artist is taking their art out. Do you want to put your art up? I said, sure, no problem. He goes, okay, I need 12 pieces in three weeks. I said, no problem. I had no art to give him, nothing. I wasn't an artist. I put an ad on Craigslist from the airport saying, seeking art assistant. The second I landed, I interviewed this guy, Mike, my first ever employee. I said, we're just gonna paint on my dining table for three weeks. I made 12 paintings. I taught myself all these techniques and that's how my career got started. Taught yourself all, let me rewind from that question. You're on your way to Costa Rica. Ryan Serhant calls you, tells you, I need 12 pieces in three weeks for a luxury listing. Can you do this? And you've never done anything like this at scale. And you're just like, of course. 
Yeah. I got you. Three weeks, make it two. Bloomingdale's Maybe not called that, me, but. Bloomingdale's called me and said I had a week to get this together, so. <laughs> How'd that go? I'm a fucking boss. Excuse my language. I'm sorry. No, but you could say went, fuck. You could say whatever you want. My daughter has asked me to stop cursing, so I need to be conscientious of trying to just oh, eliminate that. If that's heart. the case, and I was just talking about talking about talking about this with somebody the other day about my son who's nine months and like saying fuck around him, and he will absolutely be okay. It'll be okay if he uses it, but it needs to be an adjective. My. I never realized it because my kids are first getting to that age, but like it's starting to affect them and it's making me reflect on even more things. Uh, I have a lot going on in my life right now, a lot, so. Wait, so Ryan's, let's not go off on tangent. So Ryan Sirhan calls you and he says, Elizabeth, I need 12 pieces in three weeks. You go on Craigslist on your way to Costa Rica and while you're in Costa Rica, you're communicating and you're, you're kind of sifting through who could be this proper assistant and you get to Mike. Tell me about Mike. I tell Mike, I hope you're not a crazy person because you're coming to my multi-million dollar apartment and I have a newborn baby. Well, I was going to say, I feel like you need a crazy person for that. I like just not a psychopath. Oh, you know? not a psychopath, but someone who is open to whatever's about to come his way. Anyone who's on my team needs to learn to flow. I am like a flowing <laughs> rampage of a river. So you go to Costa Rica. You were there for a week. I came back, I hired him, we painted on my dining table for three weeks, and then I just started hustling, you know, I... What is the hustle, what is the hustle, like, define, what is the next month after that, after you're, now you're in Ryan, I'm assuming after, you, once you're in month, Ryan's listing, it, you are now doing a lot of content, and Ryan might be tagging, and I start doing growing. content, I start filming myself live on IG, these time lapses, very formally curated, poorly curated content, but my whole career started on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I started getting followers. I was putting a lot of my life out there. At this time, I was still very much married, you know, trying to figure out my marriage, trying to contribute. We had lost our money, so I was trying to contribute towards the family and be a mom, but my marriage was not in a good place. My father-in-law was very sick, but I was just trying to work and like make money, right? That was, we were in a very, very bad position. And then during that time when I, I got pregnant again, doing what I was supposed to do, my biggest fear in life was divorce and fear of financial insecurity. So I just wasn't ready to face those things yet. I have a, my parents had really a terrible, terrible uh, divorce. And um, then when I had a miscarriage, uh, I had a miscarriage in April, 2016. So Ryan called in like the beginning of 2015. My son, I know the dates because it was my son's birthday. Um, no, sorry, Ryan called in the beginning of 2015, mm -hmm. February, because that's when my son was one year. And then, um, and then my miscarriage was in April, March, end of March, March 20... 2016. Yeah. So... A month later. Yeah. And uh, I reflected, realized I was miserably unhappy, I wanted a divorce, but a month later, five weeks later in May, I asked for a divorce, I found out that night I was pregnant, and... Um, it was very challenging. I decided to keep the baby, but I wasn't sure, which was, thank God, thank God, my daughter, thank God, holy universe. Um, and then my father-in-law died uh, 10 weeks later. So, well, you asked for a divorce. Asked for a divorce, did you ask for a divorce? No, you kind of said, we're getting divorced. Yeah. I'm not happy, I haven't been happy. And then that, that day, that week, you find out you're pregnant. That night. That night. <laughs> So you know baby's coming, you don't know the sex, but you know 
And now what are the next three weeks look like? Because that's so a decision you have to make. Like Basically, I was pregnant the entire time knowing I was getting divorced. My ex thought it was a sign from God that we were meant to work on our marriage. I went to a lot of therapy to make the decision to keep the baby because I we had no money at the time, honestly. And I was going to leave with nothing. Basically. Now, are you you said he had he thought it was a sign from God. Are you religious? I am extremely, extremely spiritual. I was born and raised modern Orthodox, like Jewish. How do you define for, for everybody? Because I know modern Orthodox. How do you define modern Orthodox? I grew up like completely observing the Sabbath and going to yeshiva. My children go to yeshiva. I keep a kosher home, but I really make up my own rules. So I'm very traditional and very spiritual. And I'd say most people would describe me as religious, but I don't, I don't keep everything it says, right? Like there are things that I electively choose not to keep. And I think religion is to each their own, but on a daily basis, I practice faith. I talk to God um, every day. Yeah. Amazing. So I'm like blown away. So you find out you're pregnant, divorced, and then your My father-in-law passes away. And then when my daughter was, was th- I had a horrible pregnancy bleeding out everywhere, obviously from the stress. And then when my daughter was three weeks old, um, I decided to leave. I had my first, I took no time off after I had her. I was like working from the hospital room. I couldn't afford to financially and mentally. I also just, I needed something positive to focus on. I was in a really bad place. And three weeks in, I had an opening at this place called Boutique. My, they used, used to be a restaurant slash club where all the housewives would go and a lot of like famous people right next door to the plaza in Bergdorf Goodman. And it was like the first place that I put all my art. After Ryan called, I was like, you know what? This is what I'm gonna do. And I hit up all the New York's, you know, real estate babies who I knew and all my contacts and said, can I put my art up in your lobbies and your model apartments and your restaurants? John Bakshi, I don't know if you know, he used to own all the clubs I used to go to as a kid. So, um, and then, so we had a gap, like I had a gallery opening that night and, it was the first night of fashion week. The opening ended, the club opened, and Haley uh, Baldwin and Kendall Jenner w- roll in. And I know how to make moves. So my ex my husband at the time wasn't there because he was in mourning, he is religious. And one of their friends, they were rolling with the crew, invited me to leave with them. And I was like, okay, obviously I'm going. What are you right? wearing this night? I think I was wearing a blue lace crop top from ALC and some high-waisted jeans. Hair down, bun? Hair down. Hair down. I think hair down. I don't remember. But next thing I know, we're getting into two different Escalades. Kendall's getting into one, I'm getting into another with like her posse. And I just tell my ex-husband, my husband at the time, saying like, I'm going to be home late, like heads up. I'm with Kendall, like I'm just rolling, okay? And we show, I thought we were going to another club. We show up at a recording studio in Soho <laughs> where we're in a room this big. Like it was the first time I was in a recording studio. 12 by me, 12 room. Yeah. Me, Kendall Jenner, and like eight rappers. One of whom was ASAP Rocky, but I didn't know who ASAP Rocky was at the time. Yeah. And we're chilling. Um, whatever. We're chilling. Yeah. Kendall Jenner's looking at me, at me like, who the fuck is this girl in this room with me and my friends and why is she here? But I'm just like networking, obviously. ASAP Rocky puts on my wedding ring. I had no idea who he was. They're rapping. I'm just like, what the hell is happening right now? My ex-husband is FaceTiming me like, where are you? Like, what are you doing? FaceTiming me. I'm like, I'm safe. I'm fine. I'm going to be home late. Like with ASAP Rocky. I'm safe. I'm just with all these rappers. And so I get home late. The next morning we have a big blow up. He thought it was inappropriate that I went. 
I said, if you don't see how that's a valuable mm -hmm. thing for me to do, we're just not on the same program and I'm done. We were like broke at the time. We had no money to get divorced. We were living in a fully financed four and a half million dollar apartment. It was really bad. And we were the only thing that enabled me to get divorced. We were in the middle of due diligence, due diligence with Comcast Ventures for a company that we had started together called Priv. It was one of the first Uber for beauty models. And the second we closed the deal, I negotiated my own divorce in six weeks, no lawyers. My parents fought for seven years. It totally messed me up in the head. And I said, I, I took a deal that gave me enough money to live for like two, two and a half years without having to earn. And then I was gonna be like broke. Well, you doing that's also better for the kids. Yes, for sure. I had enough fighting, I had enough negativity in my life. I would just like, I'd rather focus positive energy making my own money than negative energy fighting for money that I don't know if it even exists, if I'm gonna find. Um, I know I work the best under pressure my whole life. And I was like, I'm just gonna create a pressure cooker for me to have to produce. But I was going from making, I don't know, 40 grand a year to needing to make half a million dollars a year within like two and a half to three years time, uh, which is not like such a realistic thing to expect, especially not in the arts. No, but based on everything you've done and your energy, I don't doubt that you did it. Figured it out. Yeah. So, uh, so after that, when I left, I had a vision, I had a very clear vision. My, my first creative passion was cooking. I actually thought I was gonna be a chef when I need to start working before I accidentally became before, an artist. So when doing that, are you looking at like, how much can I make being a chef? So it was, did you find, no, did you go and find like, a path? No, it was like, what am I passionate about? And I know I'm gonna make money out of my passion, right? Because when I'm passionate about something, that's when I do it best. Um, and my passion at the time was cooking and like hosting, you know? setting a beautiful dinner for 16 people, making my own floral arrangements, cooking delicious food and hosting, gathering. That's, I was an, a, an excellent housewife type of thing. And so I had interned in college um, in fashion. I saw the wholesale model for fashion. And I said, I'm gonna apply that same model this company did really well to tabletop. I'm gonna strong design, strong patterns, um, strong bodies. I'm gonna undercut the existing market by about 20% and I'm gonna launch a wholesale product line that I'm gonna sell to stores. And so I used part of my divorce money to hire a graphic designer. In the beginning, you know, in business, you wanna try and meet supply and demand, right? Make, sell, make, sell. In the beginning, I overproduced art because and I just kept on hiring art assistants to help me create because I was so perplexed that I had this talent that I didn't know existed and I didn't hire anyone on the admin or sales side. It was all just me through Instagram. And I had no graphic design skills at the time either. I taught myself graphic design mm -hmm. later on. So I hired a graphic designer to help me mock up the collection. Through God, I met this woman named Barry Lynn, who, Barry Erber actually, who owns the largest luxury accessories line in the United States, 6,000 6, wholesale accounts. Um, and number five in dollars on the kiss floor at Bergdorf Goodman after Gucci, Burberry, Ralph Lauren, and Montclair, a company called Barry Lynn. She kind of takes me under her wing as a mentor, tells me she can help me figure out manufacturing for my tabletop collection, and I'm working on this. I'm buying samples of products I like here, shipping them to China. She's helping with that. I'm creating the collection visually, and I'm painting, hustling, setting up a studio, doing Instagram, learning business. I have no clue anything so about business. So my two questions on that are, one, how did you get in touch with Barry, and God. what was it about God? Barry reached God out to my you. Hustle. Or you, you were a DM that she answered. Neither. 
So God, first of all, when I say God, you are the one who creates your own opportunity by putting things out into the universe. And when you put things out into the universe, you'll receive them back. If I didn't put that energy into the universe, I could have met her and I and nothing would have happened. Baruch Hashem. So how did I meet her? I was I was delivering art to a school. They had bought a painting for me to give as a as a gift to their awardee. I was supposed to meet the person who arranged it. She wasn't there at the time. I had switched the time I was going. I met Barry. I had said something about manufacturing. She goes, oh, what do you need? I can help you. And that's how we met. Um, so I start working on that. That was my vision. I was putting all my money there, making a plan. And uh, that is God. I mean, these are things that like, and I, I talk about butterfly effect as I look at butter, butterfly effect. There's so many butterflies. Here we go. It's my whole butterfly, my trademark. Butterfly is your trademark. I am a butterfly. You are a butterfly. Do you think about butterfly effect and like how that has affected your life? Like, what if the right presentee was there and you didn't meet Barry? Where would we would we be in Bloomingdale's right now? The answer Probably, is yes. But we the don't know. The answer is yes, and the answer is man plans, God laughs. I would have met, met somebody else who could help me, or I would have figured it out myself. Again, everything happens for a reason. I was meant to meet Barry, who's by the way my biggest mentor and been such a support system for me in my life. Thank God. Um, but we were working on that, um, starting to build a brand, trying to get press, really just hustling. I had three art assistants at the time, which was like, again, a mistake. I should have had one art assistant, one admin, and one salesperson. Yeah. But again, everything happens for a reason. And you did that, and you learned from it. You learned that you need to have A, B, and C, not A, A1, A2. Correct. Now, when you say art assistant, what does an art assistant do? They help me paint. They help me set up installs. They help me deliver everything because my paintings take 400 hours. So they help me cut. They help me sketch. They help me tape. I do all the color coding and the first layer of painting. But other than that, they can help me with everything. Um, and I, I'm very appreciative of that. Most artists actually have, the most successful artists, they don't do any of their own work. I actually still do the work. Um, but, you know, that's, that's what they were doing. My studio, just like creating. Lots of creating. Amazing. So let's fast forward now. Divorce, so I, you have your child. So I move out in July. July 2017. My daughter's born February, uh, January. I leave in February 9th. I move out July. Uh, set up an apartment. Um, I hope your art assistant helped you with that yeah. also. That my, was they, like... My two art assistants, Pedro and Juan. Yeah. Um, they are the only ones who helped me move. My family was not supportive of my decision at the time. Was, Is that because of the orthodox? I just had a baby. It, it was, they thought he was a great guy. And my ex is a really amazing guy in many ways. Okay? For someone so else. Never, for someone else. He, no, in general. Just yeah, we but weren't the right match. Life, life part. He's a great guy, but life partner. For some, he's just not the right match for me. Okay. And um, I also, to be, to be quite honest, and I had a lot of things that I, I had to resolve from my life prior to all the trauma I just mentioned from my father that I didn't resolve before getting married. I got married at 21, a kid. And I had to heal a lot of stuff from my daddy issues that I didn't heal until after the car accident. So move out in July, I'm hustling, trying to create this uh, dish collection, spending a lot of money on it. And in December, um, a developer from Miami reached out to me, offering me a free gallery at Windwind Walls during Art Basel. I was like, hell yeah. How did he get in touch with you? Like, how he did just he called me Instagram, I don't even remember. That's amazing. Well, I mean, just looking at your art here, I'm assuming throughout the years, it's developed, but it's always been the same 
eye-popping, like engaging part. Always and, colorful. Which is very Wynwood-esque. Well, it was for Art Basel, and Art Basel is the biggest art fair in America yep. and the second largest art fair in the world. And I couldn't afford to ship all my stuff down there, so I asked my two art assistants who like at the time were like my people. They were not just my artists, they were like my family, right? And um, I asked them to draw the car down. I, they only speak Spanish and they're their own artists as well. So I, I branded them. I told them I'm gonna give you your own wall in the gallery. I love them. So That's awesome. I totally was helping them out. I got them VIP passes to the fair. I said, you could take my car for the week. I'm gonna rent my own car, have, have fun. Like set up the gallery and go have fun. Like make your impact. Everyone in Miami speaks Spanish, make your connections. And we were doing one um, party at the gallery because it was my first time ever showcasing art outside of New York. And people wanted to meet me. I had like 15,000 Instagram followers at the time and people wanted to meet me. So I said, okay, I'm gonna do one party, December 9th, the last night of the fair. My birthday was the 11th. I'll throw myself a birthday party. What year was this? 2017, December. Okay. We had the biggest celebration of my career till that date. Um, it was an amazing fair. We ended up filming an impromptu music video with Champion that night, literally. When, God, when I've reached my success, God willing, and I'm, at, I'm sitting on my throne, if they ever make a movie at my, of my life, like I envision the opening scene being a, a flashback between this moment that I'm gonna tell you about and when I'm sitting on my throne, surrounded by my colorful world. Your iron throne of butterflies? Correct. My crystal throne. Crystal <laughs> my throne crystal of butterflies. throne of butterflies. My crystal glitter rainbow throne. Um, I can't make this up. My, my best friends had just left. Then 10 minutes later, my two assistants had just left. The plan was that they were gonna drive home for the night, um, go the next morning, pack everything up and drive back to New York. I was flying out that morning at 5 a.m. because I was away from my kids for the longest I'd ever been away. Um, and I asked the two people from Champion and the, the, there was another artist I was collaborating with that night, the videographer and the guy from Champion. I said, do me a favor, just." wait two minutes, walk me to my Uber, all the streets of Wynwood are closed, it's like 2 a.m., 2.30 a.m., I don't feel safe, just wait with me. Literally, key in the door, as I'm locking the door to the gallery of like the biggest celebration of my career to date, I get a call. They say, uh, your car was in an accident. I hang up, I figure they just accidentally pressed the SOS button. I get another call. Your car was in a serious accident, there were two people in the vehicle, now there's only one. One of them fled the scene of the crime. I freeze. I was like, why the hell would, would Juan flee the scene? He's legal. He swore to me before he left that he didn't drink. I had a whole conversation with him about it because he said he was leaving. I asked how. He said he was driving. I said, you're not driving my car. You drank. He said, Liz, I had one drink at 9 o'clock. It's 2 o'clock. I had a whole conversation with him. He promised me he was okay. I used my best judgment. He seemed okay. I freeze. The videographer calls people who were just at the event, like who left 10 minutes before us, 10 minutes after Juan and Pedro and said, where are you? They said, I-95, we're stuck in traffic. There's an accident up ahead. We said, um, can you go check if it's an Infiniti QX60? They ran up, it was my car. Holy shit. When they got there, the two bodies were there. They had, it, they, one fled, one person fled the scene. My, my assistant's body had flown over the highway. They still just hadn't found him yet where I'm like in panic mode. It's now like around three o'clock in the morning. I'm calling every single person I know for help. No one's answering the phone. I arrived to the scene of an accident where I, my first instinct was just to film because I knew I was just gonna be like blackout in shock. When I got there, my vehicle was in accordion. There was paint all over, blood all over. Sorry if I'm being graphic. Vomit 20 feet behind my car, 
shoes flown, I'm by, I'm alone, okay? The cops are like laughing because they're desensitized to this shit. I'm screaming like, where are my assistants? Hysterical crying. Um, anyway, the cop like hands me an accident report. They didn't even know who the people were. I had to give them all my information and says, one of your assistants was taken to Ryder. One was in terrible condition. He was taken to Aventura because he couldn't make it to Ryder. I made the decision to go to Aventura to be with the assistant who was in worse condition. I now have to try and find the numbers of their wives and girlfriends who I had limited contact with at 4 a.m. You know, like where I'm now sitting in a trauma unit by myself with the people of the car that hit us who were like complete trash all alone, like where they're telling me they can't tell me anything. All they can tell me is he's having surgery on his brain, multiple broken bones, and he's not responsive. I go to my friends, after I finally get in touch with the wives, I go to my friend's apartment who had just left the party, like waking them up from a big bad, bad dream, saying like, my car, we were in a serious accident. Like, this is what happened. Like, they couldn't believe. So now my two key men are down. One, huh? my two key men are down. Pedro ended up with bleeding in his brain, needing brain surgery. I went to, be with Juan where basically he had, he was not yet brain dead, but he was like not in good shape where a doctor walked in and just like drilled his brain in front of me with a drill, okay? And I was like, okay, time to go home to my kids. I land in New York the next day, it's not my birthday. So everyone's like calling to wish me a happy and birthday. the next day is your birthday. So, so he went brain dead on my birthday. Everyone's calling to wish me a happy birthday. I'm like screaming at everything, at everyone. Are you picking up like the phone when people call? Well, I had right before, like two minutes before I found out about the car accident, I went on my social saying, guys, I know you were expecting footage of the night, but I was really just enjoying the moment. I'm about to light up my story. And after the car accident, I said, with tears dreaming down my face, my car, my team was in a serious accident out of respect. I'm going offline until further notice. Then when I landed home and I found out he was brain dead, I realized I was completely numb when I saw my kids for the first time. I had no feelings. I typed a GoFundMe page to try and raise money for their families. We raised 35 grand, I donated to, it was such a mess anyway. Everything that I had worked, my, my assistant ended up passing away. Everything that I had worked so hard to build just like went under. I had a studio in Long Island City I was managing at the time, a pop-up in the West Village and all my art now stuck in Miami with an accordion car and no assistance to pack it up, no money to ship it back. I had to spend money, but money I didn't have. I lost so much money in that, even though it wasn't my fault. I had to hire attorneys to deal with it because mentally I just couldn't deal with these cops, insurance companies, and all the money I had invested into my dishes went down the tubes because I just like, I couldn't pursue it anymore. I had lost so much money. I didn't have the brain space. Started an intensive grief counseling seven days a week and just slowly tried to pick up the pieces so that, because I was gonna be broke. And I had to figure out how to make money immediately. I ended up launching, I had designed stuff for Barry, like yeah. my first unpaid licensing deal that ended up pick, getting picked up by Saks, Neiman's, Nor Nordstrom's, Bergdorf's. Um, they blew, uh, Ber Bergdorf's ended up using my designs for her in their Christmas ad campaigns all over New York City. On so what does stops. that mean for you monetarily? In the beginning, it meant zero for me, just brand recognition. I was trying to build my brand. After it was so success successful, I said, Barry, I need to get something. She was just trying to help me, you know? She didn't need to do that for me. No. Um, and then that's how I started getting my first paid licensing deals. And I made a very quick decision to launch my own clutches as a result. I, I didn't have a plan anymore. I was just trying to put one foot in the other to survive. I reached out to Joe and the Juice randomly, walking by their store, 
met with the CMO. He gave me a collaboration. I designed all their coffee and juice cups. I was just trying to like mentally survive, like achieve things. So I didn't jump off my balcony and kill myself, <laughs> quite frankly. Um, but there was no strategy anymore. There was no plan. There was no financial plan and there was no money. And I just like, it was just one day at a time. I was in a very abusive relationship at the time that was double crushing me. It was a very hard period of my life. And uh, mentally abusive, emotionally abusive. Yeah. Emotionally abusive. Emotionally abusive. Welcome to my life. Woo. <laughs> so 2019 comes around. So I start creating a name. I started creating a name. I signed at the end of 2018 a deal with Tile Bar, the fifth largest tile distributor in the United States. I missed 2018. Hell happened in December 2017. 2017. What does the full year of 2018 look like for men mentally Mentally. rebuilding and brand rebuilding? Uh, Not brand rebuilding, just mentally rebuilding. Life rebuilding. Um, mentally and emotionally rebuilding. I was told you I was in this toxic, highly abusive relationship, but I was in grief counseling about seven hours a week, um, dealing with the trauma of the car accident. And then once I started dealing with that, you know, once I was through that, I started bringing up things from my past, sexual assault, you know, child abandonment, divorce, financial abuse, and started really working on myself and on my traumas and realized I was really, you know, I kind of thought I went like, um, I escaped my trauma, like I went, what's the word, unaffected by it, but I didn't. And so I started to heal that while simultaneously dealing with really an emotionally abusive relationship. But I invest any money I had, I invested just in my mental health, like immense amounts of, th- of therapy. First grief counseling, then like a, a relationship expert who specialized in like, you know, male female relationships, because that's been plaguing me my whole life. Um, and I just, again, I, I achieved a bunch of random stuff. I did a collaboration with Joe and the Juice, designing all their coffee and juice cups. Um, I got hired, this 2018 still? Yes. I got hired to, uh, 2018? Uh, I don't remember. I started working on developing my own clutches. I did a collaboration with Barry. End of 2018, I signed a deal with Tile Bar. Yes. Um, to, to design tile. I designed it overnight. We came to market March 2019. And would you say that this collaboration with Tile Bar is what kind of was your next leveling up? Leveling up, yeah. for sure. Joe and the Juice is pretty huge also, but it, again, those were not paid opportunities that allowed me to build my brand to get the paid opportunities. Right. Joe, and the Juice, Joe and the Juice, that's a cool collab. But Tile, and money. I know this is what we, we had spoken about, the Tile company, the Tile collab, collaboration, Mm-hmm. That is what really, for your business, brought you to the next level. It's Well, there were a few things. Right after I signed that deal, we came to market in March at the Arc Digest Design Show. We, we won Best in Show. Um, we came in, to market in May again. That's at massive. The, at the HD Expo, the largest hospitality convention in the United States. And we won Best in Show for any applied finishings. 16 award categories, millions of products. We won Best in Show. Then in... I believe it was May, I was hired by a developer in New York, this designer called me, Krista Nimbaji, um, to paint the MP pool party. It was a yearly installation in its fifth year, an 8,500 square foot pool deck, hand painted. Um, it got sponsored by Benjamin Moore. It took me two weeks with six guys painting. It got covered by Arc Digest, Arc Digest Spain, Time Out New York wrote about it as the second most talked about thing in New York in the summer of 2019, curbed 
So I'm now starting to get all this press coverage very organically that's helping me build my brand. Um, and then Janovic, the largest paint supplier in New York and the largest Benjamin Moore distributor in the yep. world, um, calls me and they, they own the trademark Color Authority of New York. They call <laughs> me as an expert in color, asking me to create five curated color palettes for them exclusively using Benjamin Moore um, to put in all 10 of their retail stores and to wrap four 45-foot buildings with my artworks. Another paid opportunity. Pool was paid. These were my first like multi-five-digit, you know, paid deals. And even though I, for that pool, I would now charge a hundred grand. Again, you gotta like get to that level. So, I do that. Gets my name really out there. And then I meet Fabrice Moisian. God bless his soul, the GM of the Eden Rock St. Bart's. I went to a private dinner, invite only, through this concierge with my abusive boyfriend at the time. He broke up with me right outside the dinner. The next step, because I would, he, I was too like aggressive for him introducing myself. To you are at dinner. down in St. Bart's. No, I'm in New York. You're in New York at this exclusive dinner. To had you locked in the Eden Rock or no? This is, it, like... this is where I met them. So it was a dinner with the Oscar Collection, who own like some of the nicest hotels in the world, including the Eden Rock and St. Bart's. And I'm networking, and I'm my boyfriend's the one who invited me. He was a developer in New York, um, and he didn't like that I was like giving my card to some of the people there. And he was like embarrassed by that. And we walked out of the dinner and he breaks up with me right in front of the restaurant. Anyway, the next morning, the GM of the Eden Rock St. Parts was in my studio. So yeah, fuck that fuck shit. Fuck that guy. Fuck that shit. I just found out like very recently, he was two-timing me for a year, LOL. Um, who cares? He did so many things. You wanna know what? He brought that into exactly. my life. Thank you God for Butterfly that person. Effect. Thank you God for that person so much. Thank yeah. you God. So. Fabrice, who's like one of the most important GMs in all of hospitality, comes to my studio, says he loves my tile. He wished he could have specified it for the hotel. They just did a 67 million euro renovation, but he loves my art. We're gonna do an exhibition together. To get an exhibition with the Eden Rock St. Bart's is like, in the very beginning of my career. That is gangster shit. Like, so, whoa. So I start working on that while I'm simultaneously launching my own clutch business, like clutch company, Figuring out manufacturing myself, you asked where I did in 2018. I wanted to learn manufacturing, so I linked up with a uh, with a factory in Mexico City. I Is started Barry helping you with that? No, no, only. Okay. I wanted to learn. She she was taking care of it, so I want to learn. I think it's important to learn all the yep. aspects of a business. I started manufacturing leather goods, doing R and D to develop a collection. Now in fashion, though, which is truly as much as I love fashion, not where my heart is, just because I find the industry to be very. Um, Caddy, and I'm not caddy. I'm aggressive, assertive, whatever you want to call me. Caddy, I'm not. And so, but I'm I'm learning. I'm doing R and D, developing this collection, clutches, trying to source packaging in China, flying back and forth to Mexico City. Any, so I start working on this uh, exhibition with the Eden Rock. I'm working on all these things. Um, I launch my first e-commerce website. I'm launching a blog with it because I had no budget for ads. So I was doing a super low budget SEO strategy. Remember I had no money. I was living for two years with like $30,000 in the bank with two kids. It is not a way to live. I woke up for two years. I basically worked from, I set my alarm at four o'clock in the morning, three days a week. I worked till 6.45, showered, dealt with my kids brought them to school, drove to my studio. How's your health at this time? Not mental health, your physical health. My physical health, shockingly, is always good, considering all that I put my body through. 
thank God. <laughs> how I I'm, how I how I survive is just from God. It's and, and mental resilience, I think. Um, but uh, I launched my blog and my clutches September 29th. No, it, my clutches and my blog in the beginning of 2019. E-commerce only. I realized immediately that. I couldn't move enough product to make the amount of money that I did just through e-commerce. So I need to go wholesale. I just didn't have enough resources, right? I can't do everything. Like I, I was spread so thin. And um, at this time, do you have another assistant? How was it? Hard? I had one assistant. Was it hard one for guy. you to go find another, after what happened? Was it hard for you to go and interview other people? I'm sure it was nah, very emotional interview. No, my, after a month and a half, Pedro came back to me, but he had to be babysat because he had problems and his medical issues, I hired his wife just because I felt bad, even yeah. though I couldn't afford to. And it's the last thing I needed to do, but I couldn't move on with my life until I, things were straight with that. And there was so much open-ended in that situation that I'm just not talking about, but it was a disaster. So my coping mechanism was just to work. Right. And there's not like a blueprint of when this happens, this is how you're like, this is all just new. There's no like book you could open and read. What has someone else done with this? There's no blueprint to life in general, but even if there was, when you experience something like that in your life, like there's no blueprint, like every, you know, I had a lot of trauma, but, but it didn't affect every aspect of my life. This trauma affected every aspect of my life, my heart, my dollars, my business, my mental well-being, PTSD, like my everything, everything, um, my self-esteem, everything. Um, so I finally launched my leather September 2019. From Mexico. Mm-hmm. Through e-commerce, I say I'm gonna invest $17,000 in my first trade show, Coterie, to get a booth to set it up. That's January 2020. How was your uh, location at Coterie? It should be location, but it didn't matter because we opened 14 accounts. My first show on the spot broke even. I would clap for myself, but not because, wait for this. I put 400 more units into production. A month later, COVID hits. Oh, so in these four months, I'm also setting up a trunk show with Bloomingdale's for four months. Okay. Buying GS1 codes for $2,500 because in order to work with Bloomingdale's and as a vendor, you need those. Yep. Really investing, putting money in, and two months later, COVID hits. All purchase orders canceled. I already ordered the goods, so I now have to pay for them. At, like every time I try to make moves, something happens. And again, that's just life and everything. Everyone went through COVID but just like poor timing. But again, not poor timing. This was a path God meant for me to have. COVID hits, I'm like, again, fuck. I fired my whole team, anyone who I had to conserve any cash I had and slowly started to rebuild. I didn't focus on my clutches at all because who the hell is buying evening clutches during COVID? I started focusing on art because people were enhancing their homes. I sold a lot of art during COVID. I said, I'm getting the fuck out of New York. It is depressing, it is expensive. I moved to Miami. I was one of the first people to move to Miami. I took my kids there for two weeks in June of 2020 because they canceled camp. I felt guilty. I realized that the mentality there was that COVID didn't exist. I signed a lease while I was there, told my ex-husband I was moving. He was not down. We then negotiated, came to, came to, a, came to terms with the negotiation, and I moved with my kids. I took my kids for 100% of the time for two years in Miami. It was very challenging, very difficult. How old were the kids at the time? Uh, uh, like two and three. five? Three and five. Three and five. Turning three and five, yeah. It was a good time for me, but also a hard time. I had no support system there. I moved thinking that my best friend who worked for me at the time was my salesperson and her kids were gonna be my support. I ended up having to fire her and, and getting that relationship out of my life, so I was really alone. 
I started dating a guy who was my support system. Four months later, he got diagnosed with stage four esophageal cancer. Three hours after I was announced to, my, to a Forbes list as one of the top thousand small business entrepreneurs in the United States. So my, my life is just like high highs, low lows. And I just like, I thought I was gonna make a very big impact on the Miami art scene because my work was perfect for Miami. I unfortunately did not because I didn't have contacts. The, the business scene there is a lot of like going out and partying, which I don't do. And instead I focused on internally enhancing my company because I had zero infrastructure. I moved my whole team from New York to Miami, multiple people. Then I got rid of some people or some people left. And then I hired new people. And I really started learning about, you know, SOPs and CRMs, nothing what's, what's, I knew anything what's about. What's SOP? Standard operating procedures. So okay. things that happen over and over, putting them into spreadsheets. Because there was no organization, how I track things, how I ran things. Bro, in the beginning, I had no clue about business, nothing. I started my business as a mess. And to backtrack a mess takes time. And I had to learn these things too. So during those two years is when I really learned my, ex my eating, oh, just to put dates into contacts, context, Coterie was January, 2020, spent a ton of money on it, launched my product, failed because of COVID. March 15th, I was supposed to have my trunk show here at Bloomingdale's. We spent four months and a lot of money setting it up. What day did we get quarantined? March 15th. March 18th, I was supposed to have my exhibition at the Eden Rock St. Bart's. Shipped all my art down there. Oh what day God. did we get quarantined? March 15th. So now all my art is now stuck in Eden Rock in St. Bart's. It was a disaster. End of 2020, we finally rescheduled my exhibition, which was incredible. Um, it got amazing reaction. They invited me back for the next year. They put my art on the cover of their magazine. We did exclusive limited designs for their gift shop. Really started putting my name on the map in a different way because they are the best of the best. Would you say that moment right there, beginning of 2021, since the tile collab this is now the next level up yeah that you. was the next level up and also with the tile like we just came to market the product's going to be ready in COVID hits so all the manufacturing gets fucked so even the time and money i put into that and then during COVID, i signed a bunch of licensing deals i also got hired to do the exclusive art programming for a half a million square foot building in brooklyn spent a year developing that a year tons of money got paid my deposit and the whole and that was going to be my crown jewel, actually, even more than the Eden Rock. And the building, the, the, the deal went through because of COVID again. So every time I tried to build, I just felt like I got smacked in the face. But again, everyone was going through that at the time. And I, when COVID hit, you know, the world stopped. People didn't know what to do next. I just kept going because I know that in times of, you know, problems, you just have to keep going. So I kept going and I fought through and I signed new deals. Even if they got messed up, I just kept fighting. And then um, it was time for me to move back home to New York, which is how I got back here now. And I'm happy to be here, but New York is extremely expensive. My boyfriend, I had a boyfriend from Switzerland. We were doing long distance. He moved here. It was very challenging. It, right now, it doesn't seem to be working out. So I'm now, going through that hard You're break. very much an extrovert. Do yes. you date introverts? Or do you date extroverts? Uh, I've tried dating all sorts of people. The guy from Switzerland. Type A, super successful, very busy powerful because they're they understand that i'm very busy yep. divorced guys with kids that seemed to not work out i dated a bunch of those and i said let me date a really nice good you know supportive guy 
young, let him, who's also still in the hustle, doesn't mean he has to have made it yet, you know, we'll make it together because a lot of these older guys, I don't even have much in common with young guys, right? I'm like 50 in my mind. So these older guys, they were like ready to retire and wanted me to be with them on their yacht, which is great, but I want to build the yacht, right? And, and so I wanted to build with somebody. I don't know. My personal life is not, uh, I'm trying my best. It's killing me right now. Your personal life, your kids. My kids are my Your collaborations. Place. These are beautiful. Well, so I'm just coming off an exhibition at the one and only Palmia. They're also one of the best hotels in the world. Then I had my pop-up here open the next day. I landed 10.30 p.m. JFK next morning. I had my two-day live painting and pop-up at Bloomingdale's. They had such a good reaction. And instead of the four days, they then gave me a two-week extension on top of that. Why was that? Because they had such a strong reaction to the product. Uh, where I amazing. launched my tabletop collection. So we weren't even ready for launch because this is not coming until the end of the summer. Okay. But when Bloomingdale's called and tells me they're giving me 16 shelves and 10 walls, you, you bet your minds I'm going to... This is my dream. So this is So this is just for show on the on the on the Bloomingdale's floor. For pre-sale. Got it. So people are able to order them, but they won't come till the end of the summer. Correct. Because this wedding season is coming up. This is a great wedding gift. These should be on, I don't know, the sixth floor where husband and wife can come scan this, and this should be on registries. People ask for it, so we had to get this together so quickly that we couldn't even get onboarded into Bloomingdale's system in time. These weren't even online. We weren't ready to launch. I got it all together in a week. We put it on cbodecor.com, which is my partner on this. Anyway, the fact that I showcased for the first time live my tabletop at Bloomingdale's 59th Street where I had both my wedding, my wedding registries and where I got all my dishes. It all comes full circle. This was my dream. So I feel very proud. I know my grandma, who's like my inspiration for everything, is up in the sky watching and proud. Grandma, Bubby. My grandmother, honey. Grandmother, honey. Grandma, honey. The best person in life who taught me, and like the most, how to be like a good human, a kind human. Um, is there inspiration from honey in your pieces? In my life. In your life. Across the board. Oh, so, so that means yes. So <laughs> in my tabletop specifically, she was hostess with the mostest and instilled in me that love for hosting. So. This, God willing, is going to be my future because I love it so much. I just then, so I was in one and only for one, a week, landed at 10.30 p.m. Next day here in the morning for two days, had one day with my kids, and then went to HG Expo to launch my fifth collection with Kyle Barr. Um, this was like two weeks ago. Last week. Last week. And now I'm like coming off of that, trying to follow up on it. And I have pa live paintings next week with serendipity. I have Saw a photo that. shoot on Friday with Spray Brown to launch this collection for where back to is, school. Uh, where is the live painting with serendipity? Right here on 61st. Oh, it's at serendipity. Mm -hmm. Very yeah. cool. Um, can you tell me about your clutches, your bags? These are on ElizabethSignCollection.com. They're gorgeous. I literally get stopped in the street every time I wear them. They are like pieces of art, but in a bag. Um, I make beautiful packaging. It's part of like my brand experience. I try and be different than other brands. My belts, they're handmade in Mexico City, the highest quality Italian leather, solid brass hardware plated in 24 karat gold. Again, beautiful packaging. The packaging are a secondary object. People actually tried to buy the packaging at the shelves at Bloomingdale's. I'm so, I was like, I'm sorry, it's just, you have to buy the clutch. When someone says to you, I love your clutch, I love your belt, do you say to them, that's me? Or do you say, that's the Elizabeth Sutton clutch? I say it's me and I should not. I should just say, oh, you have to go to ElizabethSuttonCollection.com. Yeah, oh, that, it's, it's Elizabeth Sutton. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I need to change that. And then I have a photo shoot for this licensing deal, this collaboration uh, on Friday, actually. Okay, very New York inspired. Which building is this? 
Uh, just brownstones in New York. <laughs> brownstones in New York. Would you say these are upper east? It's like east. everything that, yes, they are. Everything that New York stands for, trains, trusses, water towers, taxis, brownstones, everything, like bridges, you know? Is like, this on a Louis or is the... This is spray ground. It's not Louis, spray it's okay, spray I see the ground. boxes. Well, Louis doesn't own the boxes. There have been multiple... Touche. Multiple lawsuits and they don't win. <laughs> Elizabeth Sun Collection spray ground. And what are I these, do it better than Louis. What are the... If you know Kusama's, uh, not to di like to say anything bad about Kusama because I love her work, but like this is That's way uh, better. That's with the dots? Yep. And it's at Louis downtown, downstairs right now and this is way better. Sorry, so, just saying. So <laughs> how much are those going to retail for? Super affordable. I think this is like under $200 retail. The backpacks are like a hundred and change. Why? Way more affordable than my own personal collection because that's their brand and it, the quality is amazing. <laughs> so I, I'm so happy to have accessible product for people. There are a lot of people who want to buy my stuff, but I, in reality, my product's not accessible for most people. I can't afford most of my own products. So, so what does the next six months look like for a little Oh my God. Um, for right in the immediate, I need to. So the rest, of, the rest of 2023, what does it look like? I need to first follow up on all these exhibitions that I had, because if I don't follow up on all these leads that I made, it's like as if I didn't go. Then, unfortunately, my boyfriend and I are taking space. I have to move out of my townhouse that I just set up a year ago and put a ton of money into because I can't sustain it by myself. We were living together. He just moved out, unfortunately. And so I have to move in July slash August, which is going to be a major undertaking. We're talking about moving a 7,000 square foot house. I have tons of stuff, like inventory. It's, I, I need to wrap my head around it. Obviously, anything you need with help with that, I'm we'll here talk for you. offline. I appreciate yeah. it. Um, and then we're launching my tabletop collection in June, which is like so exciting. It's gonna roll out over the course of like six months because we're doing melamine dishes, fine bone china, nap, uh, napkins, linen and paper, vinyl placemats, paper placemats, napkin rings, glasses, pillows. So it's gonna take like about a year to roll out the entire collection. This is gonna pop. God willing, yeah. It is going to pop. Especially with a summer launch, fuck yeah. Bloomingdale's got so much interest and, and like, the, it was like almost annoying that the sales process was not properly set up. But it's, again, they got interest. They saw about 50 people try and purchase that vase, which I just made for display. Literally, just the, the first day I was there setting up, six people tried to buy it and were angry that they couldn't walk out of the store with it. And I called the manager, Addison, over and like, Addison, do you hear this? So now, again, Bloomingdale's is a big company. The people who sell are not the people who buy. You know, like it, these I've learned that these types of corporations, they take a lot of time, okay? Yeah. Um, so the, the conversations are starting. Praying to God, we are going to do permanent things together in the long run. Um, I am hoping to do another exhibition with the one and only for the holidays. I am talking to Amon, the Amon Club in New York to see if I can do some sort of activation with them. Um, we're launching the tabletop. I'm launching spray ground. I'm trying to open up new wholesale distribution for my clutches because that's definitely something I haven't had time to focus on, but there's so much untapped potential there. Um, I have to paint my commissions. I have clients who are waiting on commissions. I have to get a new apartment and move, which is going to take a lot out of me. In August, I'm taking three weeks off to go to Israel and Europe with my kids. Thank you. And then I'm going to come back to September, which is going to be fashion week and like it's going to it's gonna go ham. Like I'm just, I need to do a capital raise. 
So that's, I've been working for six months with somebody, I'm putting together a business plan mm -hmm. um, because I need to raise like a couple of million dollars. In order, basically what happened with my career is I threw a bunch of spaghetti against the wall to see what stuck. I created a number of revenue streams. Other than my fine art, which is still the bread and butter of my business, none of those revenue streams are extremely strong, but you see that they're all successful and have potential if you put oil into the engine to make it rev. So, they, it would be investing in you. It's what you put into your work is successful. So if you were to get a $2 million injection, what would you do with it? Okay, so actually that's part of what we're assessing now. We just built a business model to really create data analytic, analytics, right? I never I ne never analyzed my finances. The only way that I knew that I was making money is because I was paying for my life and I wasn't going broke, okay? And so, um, I, we are analyzing where we're going to have the biggest ROI for the investment. If it's just by putting ads through online to sell clutches and hiring a salesperson. And that's, even though it's boring for me, that's where it's going to make us the most money. And then later on capitalize the rest of the business endeavors after that has returned, whether it's to, um, put a small amount into purchasing into putting a down payment on a piece of real estate so I can make it my showroom without having to constantly move and create equity in an asset. So it's a showroom where I install my tile, my wallpaper, kind of like I did now. Um, whether it is, you know, investing in more inventory and or hiring a fine art salesperson or someone to focus on hospitality, we're really trying to look at where the biggest ROI on the dollars are going to be. So when you open up the hood in the next few weeks, you'll see. Um, yeah, the business plan is going to be ready in a couple of weeks. And then I have to go through and be like, okay. And then we have to analyze it, right? Like first it was like getting everything I did into spreadsheets in a moving financial model, right? I never analyzed any data. I've never put ad money into ads. I haven't had the money to do it. Right? So there's going to be uh, a lot to figure out. I'm working Oof. on it. I designed a new tile collection yesterday that busted my head. Amazing. It's gonna be the best collection ever. <laughs> Taking in a lot. Before I let you go, give me a, what are you reading right now? Or if you don't have time to read, give me one book recommendation. Something that, was there anything that you read that while you were building yourself back up, doesn't have to be a business book. It could be a mental health book. Was there something you read? I hate, I'm embarrassed to say I haven't read a book in many years. I read so many contracts that like, I just can't, I've, I just read my to-do list and write things. I read things that have to, all communications coming out of my company that I have to read and write and edit, et cetera. I, I have a skeleton team right now. And uh, I really just get advice from my friends and mentors, but um, things I like, just know that it's all God's plan. Keep going. Don't take no for an answer. If an opportunity closes, it wasn't meant for you, right? Like, don't lose your faith. Just keep going. I need to stay focused right now. I need to lean on my support system because really emotionally, I'm having a very hard time and I'm finding it difficult to find the time to take care of my heart. And I need to because it's not good to ignore that part of your life. I need to focus on my kids. They need me right now. They're also struggling with this change in my personal life. And I really need to reflect on myself and where I can improve, not cursing, like these little things that are impacting my kids. Especially if it's important to your kids. Yeah, and it is. And I'm I'm like almost like embarrassed that of that I'm putting that I put my kids in this position and I need to focus on that and really reflect on myself as to 
how I can get where I want to get personally and professionally without like killing myself as Your I'm doing Your kids are going to be superheroes with what you've been through and how you've persevered and the positive energy that I'm sure you put in front of them. They're going to be so much better from your experiences, plus your positive energy. You could have gone the opposite direction, but you're going 200 miles an hour in the right direction. And that's fucking awesome. I'm trying. I'm definitely not perfect. You're not trying. You're fucking doing. You are doing. You're, you're doing. doing. And like, I, I'm sure you hear it all the time. And you are, it sounds like you're also hard on yourself because you know that the legs can be chopped down. But you're fucking doing it. So to touch on that, what is one word of advice for anyone trying to make it in New York? Don't give up. And when people tell you no, don't take it personally. Keep trying. Follow up three to four times. If they don't answer, leave it alone and go on to the next. But like, just don't give up. As long as you keep going, right? You haven't failed. There's still opportunity to succeed. And I think that's the difference between an entrepreneur who succeeds and an entrepreneur who does not. Um, is resilience, tenacity, and the mindset to keep going. And honestly, like having a support system is so important. Taking care of yourself, which I don't, and I need to, and I, I know I need to, but like, don't neglect that. Elizabeth, this has been one of, if not the most, one of the most impactful and powerful interviews I've had. Yeah, that makes me happy. Okay. Yeah. Now we're about to hook you up with a cool hookup. We're going to talk like, after this. I know we're both uh, peacing out. Thank you for chiming in, chiming in, tuning in. Guys, uh, thanks for joining. This will be available in Bloomingdale's and at Elizabeth Sutton. ElizabethSuttonCollection.com and CeboDecor.com. C-E-B-O-D-E-C-O-R.com. Follow me on at Elizabeth Sutton Collection. And uh, check out my website. I do fine art custom commissions. Please support I try my best to be a good person, so like, please support. It's amazing.